My name is Andrew Siegel, and this story is called Fondest Love. As the big saloon cruised the motorway into the gathering dusk, the man glanced at his watch. Three hours to flight time. Get to the airport and have a meal before making their farewells, their goodbyes. It all seems so irredeemably permanent. No going back. It's the end of everything. He could hardly believe it. All beyond his control. Nothing he could do to prevent it. Yet, perhaps there was still time to call a halt, get her to change her mind. And here she was, sitting next to him, looking as gorgeous as he'd ever remembered her. Little two-piece grey suit with starched white blouse, black pointed shoes. His heart lurched. What an absolute stunner. High forehead, eyes wide and innocent as Bambi's, tall and elegant with chestnut waves of hair tumbling to her shoulders, legs crossed demurely revealing a hint of shapely calves and thighs, every man's dream. He loved her, more than he could say, more than she'd ever know, and still he knew his love was reciprocated by this unique creature. In the years since she'd come into his life, his existence had been punctuated only by his awareness of the intervals of time he'd been with her or without her, every absence and eternity of longing to be with her again. During those absences they'd always stayed in touch, constantly written vast correspondence, always signing off fondest love. Romeo and Juliet, Lancelot and Guinevere. The scent of her skin intoxicated him, the touch of her warmth roused in him the knowledge that with her, in his life, he could achieve anything. The sound of her laughter told him he would die for her if he had to, kill for her if he needed to. Throat constricting, mouth dry. He licked his lips, tasted the salt of hidden tears. She mustn't see. Mustn't be blackmailed into staying. It was her choice. They no longer had a future, and he must accept that fact without showing himself to be weak. She'd always looked to his strength, and he mustn't fail her now. He snapped back to attention as the motorway slip road approached. Airport now in view. Planes taking off and landing every few minutes. One of them on the tarmac now, waiting to take his woman off to another country. Another life. Then the thought occurred to him. Another man? He swallowed back the feeling of nausea that threatened to overwhelm him. He couldn't bear it. Smiling brightly, a supreme act of will, he spoke. I'll park in the short stay, then we can catch a meal after you check in. We're okay for time. Lovely, she replied softly, not looking at him. The car, a statement of his masculinity, nestled between two smaller vehicles. He'd hoisted her cases from the boot, stacked them onto the trolley one by one, and sadly trundled everything into the airport building. The weight of their time together the accrued baggage of all their years. Over to the check-in, passport ready, tickets to hand, cash and credit cards in order. Hand luggage carefully packed with overnight things for the long flight. She was always so well organised. Nothing forgotten, nothing left to chance, his girl, his woman. Still time for her to change her mind. She was becoming bright and chatty, though his guts were shredding, he responded as if there was nothing untoward. 
He knew she always put on a brave front, pretending everything was okay, even in the worst of circumstances. How often, in the past, had her strength been the rock of his own salvation from whatever business traumas assailed him? How long had it taken him to get to know her this well? How long would it be before he ever found another who could guess his every thought, anticipate his every mood, share his every joke? She didn't really have to go. It wasn't written in stone. The bags could still be retrieved. He looked around him, pondered. Eat first, he decided. Some decent food, a drop of wine. He breathed in deeply. Still time. The restaurant was surprisingly good, as airport restaurants go. An hour disappeared in moments. Neither of them ate much. He forced down some food, drank more than he should, in the hope of drowning his melancholy. Pushed back his chair. Mustn't make a fool of himself now. He breathed in deeply, again to steady his voice. Time to go, my love. She smiled, but said nothing. She'd hardly spoken throughout the meal. Her brow was furrowed, concentrating. She was going to change her mind. As soon as the time was right, she'd say, Let's go home, shall we? He knew her well enough for that. Through the gates to passport control and security, she stopped and looked up at him, wide-eyed, gentle as a fawn, she swung the chestnut mane of hair defiantly. I love you, she said, flinging her arms around his neck. He was drowning in her. She was a part of him. Losing her would be like losing a limb. I love you too, darling, he said, his voice a husky croak. Very little time left now. But then her eye caught his, and he knew it was going to be all right. They stood facing each other, smiling. She was going to stay. In that moment he realised it beyond any doubt, and his spirits exploded in an instant of joy as her back turned to him. He saw and heard the click of her heels receding into the distance. He leaned his head against the steering wheel of the car, his tears flowing freely now. She was gone. It was over. Finished. Den. Done. It had to be. To think it could have been otherwise would have been infantile self-delusion. The journey home through driving rain was like a journey to hell. He kept seeing her, hearing her, wanting her. She could have changed her mind. She'd wanted to. He'd sensed it. Why hadn't he taken the hint and made the suggestion? He'd never forgive himself. He wound the car up the drive, hearing the gravel crunch under the tyres. They're home. She should be with him now. He climbed wearily from the car. It had stopped raining. He stood staring stupidly at the sight before his eyes. She was there. He felt a sob rise in his throat. She was at the front door, coming towards him. Tall, chestnut waves tumbling to her shoulders. She was there. She got home before him. But how? He wanted to shout out for happiness. Chestnut waves streaked with grey. He was puzzled. Couldn't fathom what he was seeing. The beautiful high forehead he'd seen an hour ago was lined with ageing tendrils of worry. Eyes wide and innocent as Bambi's looked suddenly older, more tired. She was back. He knew she could never leave him, but what had happened? A time warp? Thirty years gone? She was holding him now, crying, with him. They were crying together. Through her tears, the soft, familiar voice... Don't worry, darling. It won't be forever. There'll be times in the future. 
She stood back and smiled at him again. This woman he'd just dropped off at the airport. This woman he'd just said goodbye to. A woman who understood him better than he understood himself. And when she spoke, it was in the tone of one who's known the love and understanding of a thirty-year relationship. She was my daughter too, darling, the woman said. Don't forget that. She was my daughter too. That story, Fondest Love, appears in my compilation of short stories entitled I Am a Gigolo.